Welcome back to the Square Horror Podcast. I'm your Duke of Spook, Danny. And I'm your six foot eight menacing force of nature, Mouse Syrup Scaramonies. <laughs> yeah, we're talking about the Rob Zombie Halloween. That we are. So, okay. After these, we will officially have concluded our first franchise breakdown. Yes. Um, so I think what we have, what we've learned, is that uh, we don't do these during October from now on, and we don't try to record four parts in one week. No, we don't do that. <laughs> you know, and well, because we were trying to get them done for Halloween, but then we're like, this was a massive mistake. Oh yeah. So now when we do them, they'll just be apropos of nothing, and we'll just have them spread out over like a month. <laughs> we'll have a whole week a for idea. one, you know, section, and then we'll just keep it. We'll keep it consistent. We'll do yes. like we'll, we'll even jump to like one episode a week to give us some more time mm-hmm. to do some like at, regardless, not, not including bonus episodes or interviews, but yes. like our episode propers. All right, so final two. Are you ready? Let's do this. Okay, I'm, I'm so this. we talked about Rob Zombie earlier on in the in the show. Mm-hmm. We mentioned that he was tasked with remaking the Halloween franchise, and in 2007, he released his... He released his 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 reboot of Halloween. So, again, this is still the era of Miramax Dimension Films owning Halloween, Mm -hmm. so they were still, you know, they kind of had Halloween in a vice grip, you know. Yes. Malik Akkad at this point had taken over for his dad. Well, because uh, at this point his dad had passed Mustafa away. Mustafa Akkad passed away in 2005. But, yes. but Malik had been, uh, he'd been involved since Curse of Michael Myers. So he'd been around ever since Miramax took over. Well, he had even been on set when. He worked on, on 4. He worked on 4, I know for sure. Well, I know who, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis ran into him on set before. He was around since the beginning. Oh, Jesus. How old is this kid? He was like seven when the first one oh, came out. Oh, that's right. Okay. So, okay. So, Miramax got it. That means the Weinsteins are in charge of it. So, you have these very straight-laced, corporately-packaged producers mm-hmm. in charge of a cash cow that they're now giving to a cult director who is all about indie stuff mm-hmm. so obviously if you haven't heard our rob zombie series go listen to it rob zombie is uber indie director yes he's got all of his weird creepy ducks in a row and things are his way and another creator getting involved in that doesn't really mesh well no so he kind of fought a lot to get this movie done the way that he wanted it to be done. Mm-hmm. To the point that when they told him to make this movie, John Carpenter was like, hey, just make it your own. Like, don't even worry about... Just make whatever you want. It's totally mm-hmm. fine. You know, don't... You don't have to just remake the movie that we made. And he took that advice. Because mm-hmm. one of the big telling things about this movie is that it goes into Michael Myers as a child. Yes. It's not just the one... 20 or two minute scene I was like, it's not the five minute cold open it's got mm-hmm. a solid like 20 minutes of michael myers as a child and even then there goes to be another good half hour of him as an adult in the institution yes escaping and then 
like it's maybe an hour a little over an hour in until you meet Laurie Strode it's after he's got yeah. his mask that's right and she's obviously secondary to the story because these movies are about Michael Myers mm-hmm. um, the, well I'd say this one is this the one next one's yeah, more sorry, yeah you're right you're right but it's because like Laurie's an important character because this movie um, keeps up with the normal canon that Michael and Laurie are related Yes. So, because they are related, that's the reason that Laurie is important to the to the story. Otherwise, it would just be some girl that he starts to try to kill when he comes home. Yes. Which would true. have been dumb, because it would have started out about this character, and then just shifted immediately to somebody else. Mm-hmm. So, I was glad that they kept it for the purpose of the franchise. Because they also complete pretty much completely ignore like all the... The shape stuff, all the supernatural, mm-hmm. pure evil stuff. Michael Myers in this, especially because of the way he was brought up, is very human. Yes, everything that he does has a, you know, a, like a, a root cause. So, like the Myers family is extremely dysfunctional. His yeah. home life is very rough. He's exhibiting a lot of signs of disturbance. Early on, he kills animals. He's mm-hmm. got a lot of violent behavior. Um, he lashes out a lot. Um, and it, 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 he's just a mess. Everything yes. about his life is a mess. Yeah. Uh, but there is a shining light in that, in that he does have a Dr. Loomis early on. Mm-hmm. And that relationship is spotlighted. So all the other movies you get, Loomis talking about his experience with michael is like well for a second i was like well maybe i'll help him and then i realized he was terrible and i just wanted to make sure that he never saw the light of day again Mm -hmm. this movie even through michael's killing spree loomis is trying to reason with him he's trying to figure out okay well i need to protect people because i know Mm -hmm. i this is my responsibility and when he's a kid He's trying to help him. He's like, well, you can't go home because you did bad stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's a great segue to get into the recast. The this. So Dr. Loomis. Malcolm McDowell. Malcolm McDowell is our is a house favorite actor. <laughs> <laughs> Malcolm McDowell, I just found out he was in Phineas and Ferb. Was he really? I don't know who, but I saw that it was in his list. Um, he's most notably known for Clockwork Orange. Uh, he was in Community, Home Alone Four, Home God Alone of War. Four, four. How many Home Alone movies? I are think there? five. Oh man, too many. Uh, and we also know him very extensively from Heroes, mm-hmm. and that's how I got to know him at first. Uh, it also stars Brad Dourif as Sheriff Meeker. Um, Brad Dourif is a legendary horror actor and just actor in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, when he was a young man, he was in Mississippi Burning. He was in Lord of the Rings in the early 2000s. And most notably, he's the voice of Chucky. Chucky the doll yeah. in the Child's Play franchise. Man, and it's weird because once you know that, every you time you see it, you, I only hear him. Every time he speaks, I just see him Don't speaking. Don't fuck with the Chuck. Like when he's in there, just and he's like, I can't believe you fucking let him out. And I'm like, I'm seeing Chucky like <laughs> freaking out. Uh, so in the Myers family, so obviously it's a Rob Zombie movie, so Sherry Moon Zombie's got to be in there somewhere. Mm-hmm. And she's put to very effective use as Deborah Myers, who's Michael Myers' mother, who's ignored completely in the in regular the canon. 
and has a she's the only like real positive force in his life at home mm-hmm. legitimately cares about him he tries her best to be a good mother despite that she is trying to make extra money as a stripper yes but that's that it does not reflect poorly on her at all and in fact because this was the first rob zombie movie i watched it set the standard or for Wow, Sherry Moon Zombie's really she's, good. She's got acting jobs. And then I saw House of a Thousand Corpses, and I was like, holy shit, that can't be the same woman. She's mm-hmm. a horrible bitch in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> so she's Deborah Myers. So she's his mother. Uh, so in this version, you know, Michael isn't, you know, in this nuclear family. You know, he's mm-hmm. in a broken kind of very, again, like dysfunctional family. So the patriarch of his house is his stepfather, uh, who's played by William Forsyth, who we mentioned in the Devil's Rejects episode, is just... I said that what he's what I think about when I think about an abusive father, mm-hmm. just because he's a very menacing presence. Yes, absolutely. Um, a lot of colorful language, especially from, oh from God. Ronnie. Oh, God. But, I mean, he's not in it for too long, so it's not yeah. the end of the world. So, I, I, before we get into the rest of the cast... Uh, we should set the preface of so when Michael Myers, the legend, is that he kills his sister on Halloween night and then goes away mm-hmm. and then he breaks out and kills more people. Yes, Rob Zombie's retelling the story. Uh, he kills about five or six people before he gets yeah, arrested. He kills a lot of people as a child. He kills his school, his school bully. He mm-hmm. kills his stepfather. He kills Judith, obviously, and he kills Judith's yeah. boyfriend. And then his mother commits suicide after realizing that her son is lost. Mm-hmm. So, a lot of blood's on his hands as a child. Yeah. And, you know, once he is obviously committed to Smith's Grove and put under the care of Dr. Loomis, he kind of... He entered a fugue state, which... Are you familiar with that term? I am not. Okay, so a fugue state is when the brain just kind of blocks something so you can either be blocked pain so there's some you know veterans that would be you know i don't remember the term but like they have use of their legs but their brain has like shut off the use of their legs so they're paralyzed mentally okay so your brain can just shut parts of itself off or shut off memories Mm -hmm. so you can go into a fugue state where you could be you know in this case murdering four people and not remember any of it yeah and that there is a lot of psychological research for that being, you know, for real. So while he's in there, he's acting like a normal kid. He's sitting in interviews, and he's like, why am I here? Like, when did I go home? And they're like, do you not remember killing all those people? And he's like, no, I didn't do that. And his mother, like, he's got to sit across from his mother and when and listen to him go, how is everyone in, at, at home? Mm-hmm. She's like, I guess they're fine. Yeah. You killed most of them. Like they're, they're mostly gone. They're mostly point. dead. So uh, it's not all bad in Smith's Grove. He's got he's a couple got, people that check out. He's got Danny Trejo. Danny Trejo is uh, a janitor, I believe. He's yes. just a jan- or some kind of orderly that you know kind of looks out for him. He's like, hey, you and know, he it's was okay. Good to Mike. I was good to you, Mikey. I'm so upset that he, he gets killed later, unfortunately, because when Michael breaks out, he just kills anyone he can find. Well, and Danny Trejo at that point is even like, hey. Mike, you, you gotta put this back. I mean, I was terrified. Because he finds him in a hallway full of, like, ripped apart guards, and he's like, 
oh man, let's just let's just calm down for a second. And Michael just slowly like presents his hands to be handcuffed. And Danny's like, okay, I guess I'm gonna go. And <laughs> gets murdered. And I'm like, oh no. Uh, so in this, in the theatrical version, the one that we have, mm -hmm. uh, there's a scene that has a bunch of guards that are transferring Michael, uh, from his appointment with Dr. Loomis, his last appointment, yes. to back to his room. And of those guards, uh, they're played by Tom Tolls, who's, uh, d um, what was his name? He was the... He was the first sheriff from House of a Thousand Corpses, the one that's okay. William Forsythe's character's brother, the one that he was like going to avenge in Dell's Rejects. Why Dell, I think, was his name. Yeah. Um, so that's he's one right. of them. Leslie Easterbrook is another. She was uh, the recast um, Mama Firefly in Dell's Rejects. And Bill Mosley's the other one. Yeah. Bill Mosley, Bill yeah. Mosley. Otis Driftwood, we've covered him extensively on the other Rob Zombie episodes. Chop Top in Texas Chainsaw oh, 2. Man, yes. And then Lou Temple is the other, like, shittier orderly that works with Danny Trejo. He gets killed in Devil's Rejects. He gets mm -hmm. his face cut off. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so on, I guess, Team Haddonfield? <laughs> so our, the, our new Laurie Strode is played by Scout Taylor Compton, who kind of pops up around the uh, underground horror scene. Mm -hmm. She was in Devil's Carnival. Uh, and in Alleluia. Right. Um, my friend Josh Morris was in a movie called The Lurker with Scott Taylor Compton. <laughs> and I'd love to get him on the show sometime to talk about that experience. Yeah, it's really it's cool to talk about it. Um, aside from Lori, so it's her same friends is, is Annie and, and Linda. Mm -hmm. Annie's played by Daniel Harris. From Halloween 4 and mm -hmm. 5. So they got the, they got child Jamie, Jamie Lloyd, the actress... As now an adult to play, you know, teenage adult Annie, mm -hmm. which is very cool, especially because there's like even if you don't know exactly who she is, you can kind of like, well, there's something very familiar about her, yeah. and you're like, absolutely, I totally see it. Mm -hmm. um, brief aside to gush about her, she was Good. in the Hatchet movies. She's fantastic. Huh. Um, she's also in the Wild Thornberries cartoon. No. With Tim Curry. <laughs> is she really? Yeah. I think she's the older sister. Oh, my God. I never I watched the show, that but show yeah, sometime. she's in that. Um, obviously, she was Jamie Lloyd in Halloween 4 and 5. And just the other day, it was on, I believe on the 30th or on Halloween, um, she had this video on Instagram. So she's got kids now. She's got at least one son. Mm -hmm. uh, and her youngest, he's got to be maybe three years old. Uh, she had her youngest son with her and her nephew, who was maybe like seven or eight, on the couch with her. And they were watching Halloween 4. They watched like the, the her first scene when she's talking to Rachel and mm -hmm. then up through the scene where Michael Myers shows up. And it's the cutest thing ever that's because adorable. she's like pointing out like, well, that's mommy when I was a kid. And, you know, her son, like the younger one is like enthralled by it. The other kid's terrified, <laughs> especially because he, he's like, well, I'm scared. He's like, why are you scared? It's just a movie. He's like, well, I know Michael Myers is going to come up. It's like, how do you know Michael Myers? And she, they're like, well, it was on the movie. Like, cause it, the title is the return of Michael Myers. <laughs> so I'm like, they got you there, Danielle. <laughs> But it's the cutest thing. Uh, it like I just it filled me with so much joy because she had this whole thing. Like a lot of people ask me, like, you know, if I let my kids watch Halloween and this is the first time that my youngest has watched it, and it it she just looked so proud. 
And I could tell that her son was, like, super interested. Like, by the time it was done, you know, he was like, I wasn't scared. Like, I want to watch more. Like, I want to watch another one. And Mm. she looked, like, so happy. And it was so cute. I love that. I'm a huge... Daniel Harris fan, especially the more that I've seen her mm-hmm. um, and and seen stuff from her, especially from Adam Green's Scary Sleepover. She's just a joy. She's a delightful person. Uh, so aside from her, the Christina Clevey is Linda. Um, Dee Wallace plays Lori's or Mrs. Strode. I don't remember her first name. But it's Lori's. Mrs. Yeah, yeah, I don't remember her yeah. first name either. Uh, she showed up in several Rob Zombie things before. Again, she's the mom from E.T. She's the mom from yeah. Cujo. Uh, and again, rounding out the Rob Zombie dream team is Sid Haig. Sid Haig. He plays the, he's the groundskeeper in the graveyard. The graveyard he's yeah. got one scene and then he's done. Uh, Ken Foray got one scene. Ken Foray. This is where the Joe Grizzly bitch comes it's, from. Cause he's this, he's this trucker. So Michael Myers always needs to get a jumpsuit. Usually mm-hmm. he kills a mechanic for it. In this case, he goes to a truck stop and Ken Foray, Joe Grizzly, He's a big trucker who's like, all right, I'm going to go take a shit. Watch my truck. Don't mess up my paint job. And then Michael Myers shows up and is just like, give me your clothes. Like the Terminator. <laughs> and he kills it. Like him and Ken Ford, like, so they I'll get to wreck. him in a second, Tyler Mayne. But it's two giant thing. men in a very physical fight. They like legitimately broke this bathroom stall. Oh, yeah. Um, and then, of course, he's only in the one scene. And then Daryl Sabara from Spy Kids. Junie from Spy Kids. He's One, the bully. Two, He's three. the bully that Michael kills as a boy. <laughs> I will say, having grown up with Spy Kids, it's a little weird seeing him being like, "Hey, fucker." Yeah. It's like, like you curse. Well, it was the same thing. Like seeing, you know, like D. Wallace in other movies that were not E.T. Mm-hmm. or you know. In this case, seeing Sid Haig, Bill Mosley, and Sherry Moon Zombie be good guys. That's true. <laughs> like, they're just normal people and not mm-hmm. monsters. It's yeah. so weird to, like, you're like, are you just trying to trick me? Like, what is all of this? True. So rounding it all out is my big star of the movie. The, the guy man, that plays Michael the Myers. Myth, the legend. So... Six foot eight, former professional wrestler Tyler Maine plays Michael Myers. Now, do yourself a favor and just Google a picture of Michael Myers from the Rob Zombie Halloween movies. He's the stuff of nightmares. Yeah, he legitimately he's a is giant right. man. He's a huge, imposing he is presence. Built. And the way that he plays Michael Myers is the most physically aggressive. He when he kills you, it's he stabs you fifteen times. As hard as he humanly can. Grunting with Grunting. It. Making a mess of the entire room. Like, he mm-hmm. tears you apart. Oh, yeah. It's horrifying. Tyler Mayne is a big stunt guy. He was um, in the X-Men. He was Sabretooth in the mm-hmm. original X-Men movie. He was Ajax and Troy. He was most recently in that Dwayne the Rock Johnson, I think, movie. Playing with fire. No, it was John Cena. No, that's John Cena. Yeah, he was, oh he was in that movie. <laughs> He was, like, one of the main nice. dudes in it. He had like, I love that. And I'm like, man, that's that's six foot eight Michael Myers Tyler Maine in a movie with children. Like, it's a children's movie. And I'm like, you're Michael Myers. Like, you're a <laughs> huge man. So, the, why I always keep coming back to the Rob Zombie movies, aside from, like, the believable 
origin of Michael Myers mm-hmm. is Tyler Maine as as Michael Myers. He is an imposing threat. It's legitimately frightening. Yeah. It's very gory. Like, the movies, obviously, because they're Rob Zombie movies, they're very they're gory. They're gory. But, man, it's a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's intense. Yeah. Uh, and his techniques for stalking are less like the shape where he's just this kind of weird scarecrow-like figure. Mm-hmm. When he stands there and stares at you, immediately people are like, Ooh, I don't, I don't like that. We should leave. Like, yeah. his his presence demands like, oh, I don't. Know yeah, it I makes like you this. uncomfortable just to like see him in a room. Yeah, yeah, because he's towering through the doorway. Yeah. So, I mean, aside from the origin being the first hour of the movie, mm-hmm. you know, the thirty minute interim of the movie is pretty much a shot for shot remake of Halloween yes. with a more modern. Uh, twist and a lot more Rob Zombie dialogue. Yes, uh, for sure. A couple of exceptions. Um, Annie doesn't die in this movie. She is attacked yes. by Michael Myers, and her boyfriend Paul, who wasn't in the original, does make an appearance in this movie and mm-hmm. is killed in her stead. Yes, yeah. She is just heavily attacked and is put on life support. Yeah, he like again, like he like beats the shit out of her to the point of like near death. Yeah, and they. She's just lucky that the cops got there in time. Mm-hmm. Um, he also, Michael Myers, kills the Strodes. Yes. In an equally brutal and very sudden scene. Oh my gosh, because he just walks in. Well, because they had just, like, Lori was waiting to go get picked up by Annie. And they just, they were all sitting on the porch having a good time. She goes, and not five seconds later, Michael Myers shows up looking for Lori. Mm-hmm. And kills her parents in the process of looking for her. Yeah. And it's very sudden. Yeah. And, like, there's some, well, like, like... Legitimately, ugh. he shows up, and not two seconds later, he has a knife in the dad's throat. Oh, he comes around, because, so, you know, Mrs. Strode goes inside, and as Mr. Strode's getting up, Michael Myers, like, blindsides him, stabs him, pushes him through the door, and is in the living room and staring at her. Yeah. behind him. So... You know, Mrs. Strode has barely enough time to get into the living room, turn around, and her husband's dead and Michael Myers is there. Mm -hmm. And then within another 30 seconds, she's dead. Yeah. It's crazy. (sighs) It's crazy. Um, The other big change is... So, Loomis obviously is caught up. He starts coming after Michael Myers right as Laurie is being confronted with him. You know, he kind of kidnaps her, brings her to the Myers house, and tries to explain their connection. He's got Mm -hmm. a picture... Of the two of them as children. Yeah. That he's had for 15 years. And, you know, obviously she doesn't understand because she's terrified and he's a huge man just staring at her holding, holding the picture. Holding the picture, like, I mean, like... Silently going, know. like, do you understand? And mm-hmm. he's like, no, I don't get it. So she knifes him and tries to escape. And, you know, because it's this dilapidated house, Michael is tearing it apart like paper. Yeah. Trying to get, like, through walls and doors. She barely gets to Loomis in time for him to, you know, shoot him several times. Mm-hmm. Just like how the end of the first movie goes, and she gives him that the end line of, like, was that the boogeyman? And Loomis goes, I think it was. But instead of the movie ending, Michael just shows up, drags Lori out of the car, almost kills Loomis, and then they kick off this second chase scene yeah. that's so wild. 
Mm-hmm. So she ends up going to hide in like the the attic, the attic crawl space. Area. And so Michael's like, "Well, I'm too big to fit up there. Guess I'll just bring the ceiling down." And he gets a big board. Yeah, he gets like a and just starts like four. stabbing it into the ceiling to like kill her. Like mm-hmm. he's like, "She's up there somewhere." And she just barely narrowly escapes with her life to the point that he he tackles her outside of a of the you know the actual can't like uh the. The big terrace. Yeah. Um, she lands up on him and shoots him in the face, and the mm-hmm. movie ends with her screaming. Yeah. And that's how Rob Zombie does a Halloween movie. <laughs> oh my gosh. And if, if if even if that were just all it was, I would have been totally fine with it. Mm-hmm. Rob Zombie was totally fine with it. He's like, eh, you know, Wait, I, I made it. It's fine. I've done all I needed to do. Yeah. Problem is that it made money. Yep. It made a lot of money. And though it was initially kind of like met with kind of weird vibes, it it was commercially acceptable and mixed to critic success. I mean, they were like, yeah, it's it's whatever. Rob Zombie did a Halloween movie. Yeah. So they had to make a second one two years later in 2009. Um, He really didn't want to do it. He really wanted to do other things. He wanted to make El Super Bisto for crying out loud. (laughs) Um, So again... Andy Gold, Rob Zombie, they're like the producer dream team of all mm-hmm. of his movies. They're in one corner. Malika Cod is in the another corner, and the wine scenes are in a third. And they're all just up each other's ass. They're all just disagreeing about what they but want. But in this movie, they're like, all right, we'll give you a little bit more freedom. You really, really want it, but you can go for it. So he's like, I'm just going to get experimental. Like, mm-hmm. I've made the movie. I don't really care. I just want to see what else I can do. So, as such, this movie is a lot more, like, cerebrally artsy. Very Lords of Salem-y at a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Um, so, intercut with that are, like, flashes of Michael Myers seeing the ghost of his mother. Yeah. Um, and they have, like, this kind of pseudo-psychic connection between the three of them. Mm-hmm. It's not a huge... I mean, it's like it's part of the plot, but it's I mean, it's a big recurring theme. But it's, I'm like, like, I know I thought it was a little yeah. weird. It, it's it, it truly is one of the weaker points of the movie, and it's where mm-hmm. a lot of people kind of checked out on the movie. Is they're like, what the hell's all this? But everything else about the movie is very similar to the original. Uh, I mean, the original, as in Rob Zombie's first movie. Yes. Um, the. You got some of the, most of the same cast, obviously, because Annie and Laurie have lived. They show up. Sheriff mm-hmm. Meeker's in it. Uh, Loomis is still played by uh, Michael McDowell. McDowell. You've got a bunch of because Rob Zombie is just at this point pulling in anybody. Oh yeah. Uh, I mean, he's used his normal cast. Mm-hmm. He's got to bring new people in. Yeah. So he brings in people like Bria Grant, who was in Heroes, Dexter, After Midnight. Uh, Caroline Williams, who was stretched from Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. She was a DJ oh, from that yeah. movie. Uh, Richard Brake, who we've talked about, 31. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's also been in Game of Thrones. He was in Batman Begins. He's only in it for a little bit, along with Dayton Callie, who's in Devil's Carnival and Sons of Anarchy. He's the uh, like ticket taker guy from Devil's Carnival. Oh, okay. He doesn't talk about the rules. Yeah. The two of them are those coroner guys who get in that ambulance crash. Gotcha. Um, and then, because the movie begins kind of where the first one left off, where Lori's being taken to the hospital, Michael's being taken away by the ambulance, the ambulance hits a cow, 
And Michael Myers wakes up, <laughs> kills the two drivers, and disappears. No one ever found his body. And for a whole year, he just kind of wanders around Illinois. as this kind of journeyman Michael Myers wearing, like, big hoodies, mm-hmm. growing a big beard. Um, but at this point, uh, Laurie is obviously pretty screwed up in yes. her experience. So she has reoccurring nightmares. And the movie begins with one of her nightmares taking place on the night the same night while she's in the hospital. So very mm-hmm. much like the original Halloween 2, um, it's got Octavia Spencer in it. Oh my god, she's <laughs> so talented. She gets the crap gets killed out of her. So fast. Yeah, she gets really, really killed. Um, and that whole scene, that whole hospital bit, is very suspenseful mm-hmm. uh, without like it being super, super gory. I mean, aside from when he kills Octavia Spencer, clearly yeah. it's very intense, but, I mean, he's a scary-looking dude. It's more Michael Myers being scary. Yeah. And Scott Taylor Compton just committing to being terrified. Mm-hmm. Like, I kind of glazed over in the first, but she is an interesting Lori. Yeah. She brings this kind of newer, like, not punk aesthetic, but... I don't know, more like modern teenager sort of thing. She's not as like meek as Jamie Lee Curtis was in the original, which was fitting for the time, but she's a lot more, I want to say like outspoken, but I don't think that's the right. She's a lot more, it's like confident, like socially confident. I don't know. Like her and her friends have fun. Like they were good Mm -hmm. together. Um, It changes in this movie. She becomes a lot more like, Damaged, like yeah, like pessimistic, but like still, I don't know. Like I know girls like her in two in my real life, Mm -hmm. and I don't really know how I would describe them even. But like they're very, like nihilistically optimistic. I don't know. It's a weird Mm -hmm. vibe that they kind of get in. So clearly, she's very damaged. But because of her experience, it's kind of just been like fuck everything. I'll just like. I'm fucked up. I'm mm-hmm. just going to try to keep going to therapy and just do whatever. Like, I don't care. Yeah. You know, she's got a lot of bad nightmares. Um, has to keep convincing herself, like, listen, Michael Myers is dead. She currently lives with Annie because her mm-hmm. parents are dead. So she lives with Annie and the sheriff. Um, both of them are covered in scars because yeah. they got, you know, attacked. Annie mostly because it's all over her face. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the two of them kind of have this shared but also disconnected relationship regarding Halloween but have grown closer because of their experience yeah and I really love the chemistry between the two girls and Sheriff Meeker oh my gosh it's great Brad Dorff is just a delightful oh, man absolutely <laughs> uh so other people featured is Margot Kidder is uh Lori's psychiatrist Margot mm-hmm. Kidder is in Black Christmas She's Lois Lane in all the superhero movies. Uh, sorry, Superman, Superman movies. movies. Um, and while Michael Myers is just kind of wandering around the wilderness, <laughs> he encounters a couple farmers, namely Mark Boone Jr., who is in <laughs> Sons of Anarchy and American Satan, kills the fuck out of those guys. Oh, yeah. Uh, Jeff Daniel Phillips appears. Jeff Daniel Phillips was in Three from Hell, 31, Standard Rob Zombie. Another Rob Zombie yeah. favorite. Uh, he's that guy at the strip club that Michael oh, yeah. kicks his head in. The guy I thought was Sewage Joe. Yeah, from, from, Parks, from and Parks and Rec. <laughs> and then um, Bill Fagerbake, who's the voice of Patrick from SpongeBob, is one of the sheriff's deputies. 
I found out that well, an, I found out that the dispatch. I mean, you didn't watch the movie, but I did. Mm-hmm. One of the the dispatch officer is Tyler Maine's wife. Okay. So she made an appearance, which I thought was pretty sweet. Cute. Uh, and while Doctor Loomis is having his story, so. Dr. Loomis has become much more of a jaded asshole. Oh, my God. He's now written a book about Michael Myers' new murders, mm-hmm. and everyone is upset about it because he's clearly profiting off of the misery of others. Every scene that he does, it just punctuates how much of a jerk he is. Mm-hmm. Everybody hates him. And he goes on a talk show that's hosted by Chris Hardwick, who's not playing himself, but he might as well be. Mm-hmm. And he has Weird Al on. Yeah, Weird Al. So Chris Hardwick and Mr. Weird Weird. Al. Yeah, Mr. Weird. Oh, no, Al, please. (laughs) But, like, Chris Hardwick, obviously, he was in House of a Thousand Corpses, Mm -hmm. but plays kind of himself. Like, Rob Zombie got him back after his huge success with The Nerdist. Yeah. And then was like, do you think we get Weird Al (laughs) for, like, ten seconds? So, aside from... The kind of disjointed, seemingly disjointed stories, Mm -hmm. when they are all together, there's a lot of very, like, intense emotional moments. Like, discounting all of Michael Myers with his mother's weird scenes and Loomis Mm -hmm. being a jerk, Laurie has, like, legitimate, like, and not PTSD, but she's trying her best to work through recovery. Mm -hmm. And... Her and Annie get more emotional like weight for this movie as opposed to the last one. And there's a director's cut of this movie that has Lori behaving a lot more aggressively and she's spiraling and you know pushing people away. And she's made new friends at uh, this like bookstore that she works at. Yeah. It was Brita Grant's character works at. And um, the two of those people are a little bit more open and receptive to her just kind of doing whatever and not necessarily being a more of a support Mm -hmm. so they convinced her like hey um we should go out on halloween i know you don't like it but like we should and it correlates perfectly for when Lori finally discovers that she is michael myers's sister by reading loomis's book yeah she becomes very angry at sheriff meeker and annie for thinking that everyone knew this about her obviously it fucks her up even more yeah for sure and she's just like i've had it. i'm done i don't care we're gonna go out we're gonna party it'll be great so her and her new friends go out and in the meantime michael myers finds sheriff meeker's house and kills annie mm-hmm. in probably the saddest thing i've seen brad Dourif have to act through is when he responds and sees his daughter dead uh it's it's this movie take up takes a bigger emotional tool. To, mm-hmm. Like the first has a lot of like pretty intense stuff, but like this has a lot of like it's just a bummer. Mm-hmm. Like like I told you when we were watching the cut comparison is there's a scene where you know Loomis is at a book signing and uh, Linda's dad, like Linda, the, his victim from the first movie, shows up and is like. He gives him, a, like, the book. It's like he opens it up. It's a picture of his daughter. And he's like, do you remember her? And he's like, no, should I? And he's like, I didn't think you would. This is Linda. Your monster killed her. And this is what you're doing. Like, he was, he comes up and he's like, how dare you profit mm-hmm. off this? And I'm like, yeah, real people died. Like, and their families exist. And, yeah. like, when Lori's in therapy and she's like, I just really miss my parents. 
parents. Mm-hmm. Like, I just really miss them. Yeah. It's like, these are all, like, this. these are, like, the realistic fallout of, like, after a killing spree like this. I mean, obviously, there's people that profit from it that are jerks, and, mm-hmm. you know, there's no justice. Like, Michael Myers' body disappeared. There's never, there's no justice. But, like, all of these people have to deal with this. Yeah. Um, especially after Annie dies, and the sheriff's like, we gotta just kill him. We gotta kill mm-hmm. Michael Myers. So Michael's found Laurie. He's, he's got a weird sort of ritual thing, I guess, he's doing with his... It doesn't really matter. Yeah. The point is that he's going to, like... I don't even know. But he brings her to a shack, and all the cops show up. And this is where the movie kind of splits. And I mm-hmm. love both endings. Like, I truly couldn't pick one that I like better. The one that I own... Loomis shows up, actually tries to, like, you know, redeem himself, mm-hmm. and does so by distracting Michael enough. So Michael kills him. Yes. And distracts the cops enough to finally get shots off that ultimately end up mortally wounding and killing Michael Myers. Mm-hmm. Lori's obviously probably more broken than she will ever be, and the movie just kind of ends. And yeah. it's like, that's a good finality. There's a director's cut version that's got a even more crazy ending where mm-hmm. all three of them die. Yes. And like it's a good way to cap everything and it's just like that fallout. It's like it's the only way that like someone that could have been broken that much could have like actually put everything to rest is if they also were like how I end this is that we all are just done. Mm-hmm. Which is a bummer. Like this movie is a huge bummer. Oh yeah. <laughs> like the first at least has moments of like Alright, it's kind of like Halloween. The second is just, ugh, mm-hmm. sadness and violence. But again, Lots I watch it I watch it for Tyler Maine. I watch it for Journeyman Michael Myers. Mountain Walking man. around, yeah, the mountain man, big beard. Like, most of the time his mask is, like, half ripped off of his face. Like, you mm-hmm. see Tyler Maine for most of the movie. Oh, yeah. <sighs> man. You didn't watch the second one outright, but what are yes. your big thoughts about... Rob Zombie's Halloweens as a whole. So I think you've really covered a lot of it because I think the big thing with the Rob Zombie movies is how intimidating Tyler Maine's Michael Myers is and how physical it gets. Mm -hmm. Because while there are some really interesting kills throughout the rest of the Halloween franchise, and I think 2018 did go a little bit more into the physical realm. Not as nearly nearly as as much as these movies. But pretty close. More so than the first eight that came out. I think it's really important to understand that that came from this. Yes. That comes that's from the intensity of from, this. Yeah. And it's just so interesting to watch this Michael Myers not worry about stalking and worry more about just getting shit done. Yeah. Well, because the big sell of this movie was that Michael Myers was a person, not pure evil. Mm-hmm. So in 2018, when he has those brutal kills, they're removed. Michael Myers does them without grunting. He just kind of, like, without straining even. Mm-hmm. Like, he's just so supernaturally strong that he can just rip someone's, like, neck apart mm-hmm. without little strain. This this Michael Myers will do that, but will... But it, ta- so, it takes... So, you know, energy. instead of just ripping a person's head off, he'll, like, pound the neck against, like, a desk or a mm-hmm. table to loosen, to break the neck, and then tear it off. Like, he'll be real about yeah. it. He's using his real strength. And he's he's just brutalizing people, and he's doing it because that's what, how he kills. That's his psych. That's his like 
psychological imprint on why he kills. Mm-hmm. And, like, when he's in the institution, he wears all those masks. It's like they're trying to create a legitimate, like, psychological profile for him. Like, well, yeah, he likes masks because he can hide his lack of anything Mm -hmm. behind this like i can just be something else like this is what i am it's not like this broken weird person yeah and all of his masks are freaking terrifying they're creepy and they culminate in the mask from this movie which i wager is just as scary Mm -hmm. as the 2018 one because it's just this big like gross head on this huge body Mm -hmm. and yeah like you can kind of see the eye movement but it makes it scarier because they look angry. They look like mm-hmm. they want to kill you. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's just as scary as seeing black and seeing nothing. Mm-hmm. So, like, this Michael Myers is the scariest to me because it's the most obviously dangerous. Mm-hmm. Like, the 20, obviously, the 2018s are, and Michael Myers in general, like, he's dangerous because you can't stop him. He's pure evil, all this stuff. Yeah. But... You don't get that until, like, you've already died. Like, there's no... Because, like, again, it's not a person who doesn't care if you're afraid of it. It's just mm-hmm. going to destroy you. So there's no need for the fear. The fear is evident. In this. With Tyler Maine. Oh, my god. He looks at you, and you go, oh, shit. And then you're dead. Mm-hmm. And you're, you die screaming. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, that's the sell of these movies. Is like if you really want, like all of the remake movies, like the Friday the Thirteenth is a great one. Nightmare on Elm Street's the same way, and Texas Chainsaw Massacre. They all like took a note, or maybe this one didn't come first, but like they all took a similar note of make the things scary. Mm -hmm. All of those remakes, including this one, make a thing that's maybe not scary or maybe has become comical the most terrifying thing about the story. Yeah. That's where I think that horror comes from. Because if you're not afraid of the thing that's killing, then what is what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you even doing? Yeah. <laughs> I really want to meet Tyler Maine one day and just be like, "You're big. <laughs> you're a you're a tall boy." <laughs> oh man. Yeah, man. Check these movies out. Michael Myers eats a dog. <laughs> uh, you're gonna end with the dog. I mean, it's the only other thing that I didn't mention. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. We're done with Halloween, Danny. Our we first are, franchise breakdown's done. We are now completely done. So what are we gonna do next weekend? We're gonna take a break. Yeah, we're gonna take a freaking break. Oh, You're gonna be okay Lordy. with it. Because we're releasing four episodes in a day well yeah. three days. Well three days. Cause we put the other ones out already. Yeah, part one went out yesterday. Okay. The other three are going to go out in the morning. Okay, so they're going to go out. I actually put that on a story. I'm like, they'll all be out sometime in the morning. Yeah. Because, <laughs> okay, so they'll all be done. We really hope you enjoy them. And I really hope that this brings a lot of people in, especially because Halloween just ended. Um, it's our first, like, big, like, <sighs> like, all right. Yeah. Weight off our shoulders. Like, appreciate the work we did, hopefully. <laughs> And again, like, we always say, like, if you have suggestions, please let us know. But I also really want to know, like, if any of the things that we've said have made you watch these movies or think about them differently, like, let us know. We mm-hmm. love talking about these movies, especially, I mean, clearly, we spent, like, nine hours on Halloween. Oh, my gosh, yeah. We clearly have a lot to say about it. Yes. So, I mean, we appreciate any interaction. 
Um, we're, follow us at yeah. the underscore square horror podcast on Instagram. And uh, I got we got some stuff coming down. I don't know when, but I mean I've accumulated a lot of different ideas over this month. I'm very much glad to hear that. Yeah, so we will uh, we'll be back soon.